Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're joining us here at the top of the noon hour. Let's start off by praying the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, that grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray. Do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Famous words from Francesco Forgione. Francesco Forgione. Does anybody know who that is? That would also be known, more more famously known, as Saint Padre Pio. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Interesting saying I wanted to talk to him about today because I always find miracles fascinating. You know, anything that we call a miracle, that which we we call it a miracle, in God's eyes is probably you know, not that big a deal, you know, and in God's eyes, it's probably like, Hey, this is just kind of every day. It's almost probably the equivalent of, um, us saying, you know, get in a car and drive across town and somebody saying, wow, how'd you get here? How'd you get that machine to work? That's a miracle. I've never seen anything like that. And we're like, that's just a car. That's what people do. It's just normal. This is what happens for us every day. But for us who are human and who are yet to be, um, in the, in heaven and appreciate that, we do see things as miracles. We see things as fascinating, things as uh, you know happening in our lives that just aren't supposed to happen. That defies the what we call laws of physics. You know, we call them laws because this is what holds true in our understanding. But once we call them laws, sadly, as a scientist, I can tell you, we start looking at things and we see things uh, from a scientific perspective, and we want to put it in a box and we say this is how it happens, and there's no difference, and and this is it, and this holds true all the time. Well, we know that that's not true uh, when it comes to God and the way God thinks because God's the one who sets the laws. He's just the one who decides, hey, these are the laws of physics right now. I'll let you, this is what I'll let you see. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's another miracle that happens or something else happens and we're like, whoa, blown away. But to God, he's probably chuckling and saying, that's just kind of everyday occurrence. Um, interesting because I like to, I love miracles and I love to see, you know, how this happens. I like to be blown away spiritually because it helps to remind me that 
I should kind of expect that more often, you know, and stop thinking of the, of it as extraordinary and try to see it from God's eyes as ordinary so that we can expect and accept them more. But Padre Pio, the reason I like, I want to talk about him today is there are a lot of miracles attributed to Padre Pio and, and a lot of things, interesting life uh, that he had. You know, he was born in um, Italy, right? Uh, in Petrosinkla. I can never say that. Let me see here. What is the right word? Pietra... Pietrasina. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it. But Father uh, Padre Pio was born in Italy <clears throat> and, you know, and he ended up dying in Italy, uh, San Giovanni Rotondo. Uh, his resting place currently is the sanctuary of St. Pio of Petrix. I'm never, I'm never going to be able to say it. So one of you can uh, send me an email and call me and let me know uh, how to pronounce that correctly. Um, but the interesting thing about Padre Pio is that he had a very interesting life. You know, for him, miracles were an everyday occurrence. And that's kind of how I was hoping that we could, you know, lead our lives and, and see things. And hopefully after this talk, we can see that a little bit more. Um, you know, Padre Pio was always known for saying that he could always see his guardian angel ever since he was a little kid. And he said that he just kind of assumed that everybody else did too. You know, that everybody saw their guardian angel and that, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, he went through a lot of things in his life, a lot of sufferings. Uh, even people in the church who did not believe him, his own superiors quieted him for a while and told him that he couldn't, you know, be with the people that he needed to stop uh, performing miracles or whatever he was doing because it was too astounding. And when he was asked, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about being told that you can't do this? And, and you, you know, apparently you have all these gifts from God. His response was pray, hope, and don't worry. Have that much trust in God. Um, you know, by trusting in God, that's really where we show our ultimate faith, right? Saying, you know, I don't know what's happening to me right now. This is where I'm at. And I think that this is where you need me and this is where you've placed me. So that, you know, I'm going to just keep moving on forward and doing what I can in this particular moment. And, you know, that, that I'm going to trust that this is where you, where you've guided me to in life. Um, it's interesting to have that kind of faith, that level of faith. What I love about the life of Padre Pio is that he is honestly one of those saints I, I think I wish I would have been able to meet or have gone to confession to. You hear about these fascinating um, stories, some things that he knew about, um, that he could see, that he could read people's souls, and that he could tell you what your sins were. You know, And a lot of people might get scared of that, but I would say for myself, I would, I would actually like that because then... It might be scary in the moment, but boy, if, if you could tell me what my sins are that I don't even see, or if you can call me on something that I'm holding back on, um, that would be great. I want to be called on that because if I'm called on that, if it's revealed to me, I can do something about it. I can go and try to make amends about it. I can try to prepare myself better for confession about it and then get ready to get to heaven. You know, not, not have any kind of pit stops, just a one-way ticket. Um, but today's show, I want to really focus on his miracles. You know, you can always read about his life. Uh, there's a lot of books and, and stories on his life, but the miracles are really important to me because I really feel that that's where God is reminding us that he is present in our lives and he's touching our lives. Um, and that even the, the most minuscule of things, you know, how Jesus told us that he knows even the, the last hair on our head, which tells me that, you know, for me is, as we start losing hair, that's good to know, you know, God, maybe you can give us some back. But at the same time, you know, it's telling me that God is 
caring for us even to the most minute of details. And if he knows even the last hair on our head, then he knows what my concerns are. He knows what my worries are. He knows what I need. And I need to start living my life in that way, trusting that God is going to take care even of the most minute details in my life. Well, let's look at some of the miracles, though, that have been attributed to Padre Pio. I found a few articles um, that have some interesting stories, uh, but let's read some of these and see what, see what you, the listeners, think. Um, it says, one miracle that has been identified as Padre Pio's first miracle. So this is identified as his very first miracle in 1908. At the time, he lived in the monastery of Monte Fuscio. One day, he gathered chestnuts growing in a nearby forest into a bag and sent the bag to Pietrelcina, see, I can't say it, to his Aunt Daria. So he sends his bag of chestnuts to his Aunt Daria. I'm just going to call it his hometown from now on so I don't butcher it. She always had a great affection for him. The woman received and ate the chestnuts. She saved the bag as a souvenir. A few days later, she was looking for something in the drawer where her husband usually kept the gunpowder. It was in the evening, so she used a candle to light up the room when suddenly the drawer caught on fire. So it got gunpowder in there. It's going to catch fire. And Aunt Daria's face got burned. After a moment, she looked. She took the bag Father Pio sent and put it on her face. Immediately, her pain disappeared and no wound or burn mark remained on her face. That's pretty cool. You know, this is just from a bag of chestnuts, but it came from Padre Pio. This is where we start to look at, you know, venerating our relics, venerating the important things in our lives. Why is it that there's things that we say are attached to something? You know, and people might say, oh, that's superstitious. You can't say that, man, you know, something's attached to a bag just because he touched it or something's attached to, uh, you know, somebody's dress or, or somebody's, you know, this is a part of their cloth, something they wore, something they touched. You can't say that there's holiness attached to that. Well, Actually, we can, because if we look on the flip side and we look at it from a deliverance perspective, you know, part of being on the deliverance team, when anybody feels that they're being afflicted by the dark side, so the wrong kind of miracles, um, dark miracles, shall we say, uh, we always ask them, you know, do you have any amulets? Do you have anything, any books, any, anything? Do you have a Ouija board? Because things get attached to material things. And we, we worry about that when it comes to deliverance. And we say, bring anything that you have that you feel has been uh, attached to any, to darkness or anything along those lines, we're going to burn it. We're going to get rid of it. Well, why can't we say that there's something good attached to our material things as well? This was touched by a saint. This was, you know, touched at his, at his gravesite or something. We can say that there can be miracle and goodness attached to that as well. All right, let's look at another miracle. It says, during the Second World War in Italy, bread was being rationed. Padre Pio's monastery always had a lot of guests and the poor who begged there for food. One day, the friars went to the refectory and realized that the basket had only about two pounds of bread. They prayed and sat down before uh, starting to eat. Padre Pio went into the church, and a while later, when he came back, he was holding a pile of bread in his hands. The superior asked Padre Pio, where did you get all these loaves of bread? Padre Pio answered, a pilgrim at the door gave them to me. Nobody commented, but everybody thought that only Padre Pio could meet such a pilgrim. Remember, there was a shortage of bread. You couldn't get it anywhere. Even in the monastery, they didn't have any. Padre Pio goes to pray, and all of a sudden, a pilgrim at the door gave it to him. Can we say that the pilgrim was an angel? Can we say it was a saint? Can we say it was Christ himself? You know, can we say, we don't know. But I think that this is, what I love about these miracles is this is the kind of faith we need to have when we see something missing in our lives. How many times do we say, you know, I think I need this in my life. It might not be bread per se bread, but a different kind of bread. Maybe I need peace in my life. Maybe I need to be nicer to my spouse. Maybe I need to be more patient with my children. How many of us say, you know what? 
maybe I'm going to go over to the church and just start praying. And a pilgrim will come by and give it to me. I think we got to start having that kind of faith. More miracles from Padre Pio when we come back from the break. All right, well, welcome back here to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Uh, today we are talking about St. Padre Pio of Pietrelcina. My producer, Richard, came in here and said, Dr. Sandoval, you got to stop butchering that. It sounds awful. You got to pronounce it correctly. He said, Pietrelcina is the right way to say it. And so I've been practicing and hopefully I'll get it right every time. Today we're talking about miracles. Why? Because we are in the month of October. We are in the month of the rosary. I encourage everybody to pray their rosary um, and to hope for those miracles, you know, and really think of those miracles not as something extraordinary, but as something ordinary. I think when we have a relationship with a friend, we never think of, we never think twice that they're going to help us out, take care of us, or, you know, we ask them for something, they're going to create a miracle for us. Um, what we might consider a miracle, a friend helps us out and we're like, man, I couldn't have done that without you. You know, that could be a simple miracle. I think when we look at God, we got to look at him in that way in our hearts. We got to say, gosh, I couldn't have done that without you. That's a miracle, you know, and thank you. And I'm going to expect those miracles. And God's going to say, you know, that's ultimate faith. That's ultimate trust. And I think that that's, that's where the miracles are going to happen. When we just go to God and, and say, got nothing else. I'm here and this is what I need. You know, let's, let's make it happen. I think that that's where the love of a parent uh, comes in. When a child comes to us and says, daddy, I need this, or I need this to happen. And we can say, mm, okay, it can happen, but maybe not right now, maybe a little later. You know, this is where we also have to have faith that God's going to take care of us in due time. Um, today we're talking about Padre Pio because I think that he's the kind of saint I would have loved to have met, um, saint who could see things and, and had an extraordinary relationship with God, the spiritual world, his angels. Um, you know, very, very interesting saint. But let's look at some of his other miracles. Now, I'm obviously not going to get to all the miracles he did. There's a lot of literature out there. I'm going to put some websites uh, that you can look at. Uh, here on our on our website, you can go to our talk and look down and see the links there. But just an interesting, just interesting to talk about, just interesting here in the month of October uh, to open up our hearts to God. Really pray the Rosary and expect some miracles in our lives. All right, enough of that. Let's get to some of the good miracles. Uh, here's an interesting one. Once in the monastery of Padre Pio, a friar forgot to consecrate the host for Holy Communion. There were only a few hosts available, but after confessions, when Padre Pio started to distribute hosts to the people, many hosts remained at the end of the service, more than had been consecrated before. You know, before the break, we were talking about him finding extra bread, and here we see more extra bread, bread of life, and it always takes me back to that gospel of Jesus. You know, the multiplication of the loaves, the multiplication of the fish, God's never going to, when we think we have nothing, God's going to come in and he's going to multiply for our lives, everything we need. All right, let's look at another miracle. A spiritual daughter of Padre Pio was reading a letter from him on the side of the road. The wind blew the letter away, blowing it downhill to a meadow. The letter flew far, far away from the woman, and then suddenly it stopped flying and settled on a stone. In this way, the woman got her letter back. The day after, she met Padre Pio, who told her, you have to pay attention to the wind next time. If I hadn't put my foot on the letter, it would have flown far away into the valley. Interesting. You know, this is where, you know, those saints who can bilocate, uh, who who God gives them the, the grace of being in two places at once, and Padre Pio had that grace. You know, this is interesting. He writes a letter to somebody, and the wind's blowing, and somehow Padre Pio comes and stops it from blowing too far away. That's a beautiful story. Uh, here's another one. 
Mrs. Cleonce, who was a spiritual daughter, another spiritual daughter of Padre Pio, said, During the Second World War, my nephew was a prisoner. We had not received news for a year, and everybody believed he was dead. His parents were very worried about his life. His mother went one day to Padre Pio and knelt down in front of the friar who was in the confessional. Please tell me if my son is alive. I won't go away if you don't tell me. Padre Pio sympathized with her, and some tears were on his face when he said, Stand up and go in peace. Some days later, I couldn't resist the thought of pain that the parents were enduring, so I decided to ask Padre Pio for a miracle. Again here, we're asking for miracles. I faithfully said, Father, I'm going to write a letter to my nephew, um, and I will write his name only on the envelope because we do not know where he is. You and your guardian angel will take the letter to him where he is. Padre Pio didn't answer, so I wrote the letter. In the evening, I put it on my bedside table before getting into bed. The morning after, to my great surprise, astonishment, and fear, I found that the letter was not there anymore. I went in thanksgiving to Padre Pio, and he told me, Give your thanks to Our Lady. Almost 15 days later, our nephew sent us a response to the letter. Then everybody in our family was happy and giving thanks to both God and Padre Pio. Pretty extraordinary stuff. I write a letter. I put it on an envelope. I just put the name of my kid on there. My kid is somewhere off in war. I have no idea where they are. I asked Padre Pio, hey, get this letter to him, you, your guardian angel. And then um, I go talk to Padre Pio. I, actually, I get a letter back from my kid who I had no idea where they were because I put the letter on my bed, on my nightstand. I wake up the next morning. It's gone. It's not there. How is this possible? I, my immediate thought is it fell down on the floor. Somebody took it. You know, my spouse moved it. It, it. it moved somewhere. But no, sure enough, I get a letter back from the person I wrote that letter to. And then Padre Pio says, give thanks to Our Lady. You know, this is the month of October, the month of the rosary. All graces get distributed through Our Lady. And our faith in God is what allows those those uh, graces to be distributed. I was listening to a, a wonderful talk by Father uh, Chris Alar from the um, uh, from Divine Mercy, and he inspired me because he was talking about Padre Pio. So he inspired me to talk to Padre Pio to our listeners. I was listening to all the miracles of Padre Pio, and I thought, man, I need to hear that more in my life because on an everyday basis, when I'm sitting there thinking, you know, what am I doing with my life? Why is God in my life or not? Am I doing things right? This is where it's important to look at the lives of saints, not because they're better than us, but because they let us know where we're supposed to be. You know, when, when somebody's made it there, it's good to look up that, that mountainside and see somebody who's on a higher rung and realize what path did they take to get there? You know, these are good steps to take. And to remember that to him, these were everyday occurrences. What we call miracles were everyday occurrences. Let's hear another one. During the Second World War, uh, Miss Luisa's son was an officer in the Royal British Navy. At that time, she prayed every day to, for her son's conversion and salvation. One day, an English pilgrim arrived to San Giovanni Rotondo, carrying some English newspapers. Luisa wanted to read them. She found a piece of news concerning the striking of the warship on which her son was stationed. She immediately went crying to Padre Pio, who consoled her. Who has told you that your son is dead? In fact, Padre Pio was able to explain to her exactly the name and the address of the hotel where her young officer was, where the young officer was staying after he escaped from the shipwreck in the Atlantic. He was there waiting for a new assignment again. Immediately, Luisa sent him a letter, and after a couple of weeks, she received an answer from her son. You know, and this is after a shipwreck. This is this is where, you know, people go to Padre Pio for information. They want to know. And if we believe that God cares about uh, of us and, care, and cares for us and cares about every little 
piece of our lives. God is working through Padre Pio. A lot of times we forget, we, we can't say, oh, Padre Pio, he was very powerful. We got to say the truth of any saint is God really worked through that saint. God gave him the information. God let him know things. We got to remember this because a lot of times, you know, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, we say we venerate the saints, but it's very easy to fall into the trap of venerating the saints and saying, oh, Padre Pio will do this for me. And no, we got to remember God is the one who's the author of all actions in all life. And so God is doing this through the saints. The reason that we need to look at this, and I love the miracles, is I'm hoping that someday God works through me in that way. Not that I hope to have the same gifts as Padre Pio. I mean, that'd be kind of cool to be able to bilocate or to be able to uh, say certain prayers. Uh, and all of a sudden something happens uh, right away that people are, that's tangible. But really to have that faith to say, I'm going to live my life in a way that God's going to work through me and I might never even know it. I'm going to do something and it's going to work for, towards somebody's well-being, towards somebody's benefit. Um, and I'm going to let God do that. And I'm going to do that by sacrifice, by by leading my life every day and not expecting anything, but yet expecting everything because I know who God is. I think that's the most important part that we can take from these miracles. You know, Padre Pio, knowing where this soldier was even after a shipwreck, how the heck would he know what hotel he was staying at? It's the grace of God. It's God giving us that information. Here's an interesting one. A little bit of a long one, but I'll read it. A woman at St. Giovanni Rotondo was such a good person that Padre Pio said it was impossible to find any fault in her soul to forgive. In other words, she lived to go to heaven. At the end of Lent, um, she felt serious. She fell seriously ill. The doctor said there was no hope for her. Her husband and her five children went to the convent to pray with Father Pio and asked him, with Padre Pio, and asked him to help her. Two of the five children pulled Padre Pio's habit and cried. Padre Pio got got upset, but he tried to console them and promised to pray for them. Nothing else. Some days later, at the beginning of the seventh hour, the sainted Pio's behavior changed. In fact, he asked for for this lady's healing and told everybody she will resuscitate on Easter Day. But on Good Friday, on Good Friday, she lost consciousness as she fell into a coma. On Saturday, after some hours, she finally died. Some of her relatives took her wedding dress in order to put it on her, according to an old tradition of the country. Other relatives ran to the common task Padre Pio for a miracle. He answered them, she will be resuscitated. And he went to the altar for Holy Mass. When Padre Pio started to sing the Gloria and the sound of the bells announced Christ's resurrection, Padre Pio's voice broke off with a sob and his eyes were full of tears. In the same moment, she resuscitated. Without any help, she got up from the bed. She knelt down and she prayed for the, the, for the creed three times. Then she stood up and smiled. She had recovered, or it should be better to say she has resuscitated. In fact, Padre Pio had not said she will recover, but says she will resuscitate. When she was asked what happened during the period when she was dead, she answered, I went up, went up, went up. When I entered into a great light, I came back. You know, this is interesting. It's always interesting to hear the nuances and the words in particular, because this is right, you know, in this miracle, the miracle is obviously not attributed to Padre Pio. He didn't do anything or say anything. I mean, all he did was pray. He went to pray for her. She wasn't doing well. She was going to die. He went to pray for her. He interceded and he came back and he said, she will be resuscitated, which if we listen to those words means she will die, but she will come back, right? To be resuscitated doesn't mean to get better, to heal. It means life after death. Um, very interesting because that's the ultimate miracle, right? When Christ died uh, for our sins, had he died and had there not been a resurrection, it would have been for naught. We would have said, well, you know, he was a good man. 
pretty extraordinary. He did some miracles. He healed people. He gave us some good food for thought and he passed away and all right, life goes on. We, you know, we're all going to pass away. Let's keep him in mind. But no, Christ not only died uh, after an, an extraordinary uh, uh, showing of, of his divinity here on earth, uh, of his humility on the cross, but he also rose from the dead. And that's where life is. That's what Christ is telling us. You know, if we're dead, whether it be a physical death like this lady, or if we're dead because we're in sin, if we're dead because we're spiritually dead to God, there is the resurrection. We need to be brought back to life. Uh, and that's really what Padre Pio was saying. He was saying, hey, I prayed. And I'm telling you, you, you got to have faith. She will, she will come back from the death. Uh, she dies and that's where we lose hope. What are you talking about? You said that she was going to be fine. No, I said she would be resuscitated. I didn't say she would be fine. I said she would be fine after she resuscitates, which means she's going to die. You know, so we have to really listen to what God is saying. Sometimes we attribute certain things and we say, no, God, you said this is what was going to happen. And God's like, no, that's not what I said. I said good things are going to happen, but I said it was going to happen in this particular way. And that's important. You know, that's what I love about these miracles too, to not lose hope, even in the moment of darkness, even in the face of death, to not lose hope. That's really what inspires me, you know, uh, uh, to, to see these miracles. You know, Padre Pio, what an extraordinary man. When we come back from the break, we're going to read a few more of his miracles. Hopefully, uh, we'll have this miracle of God being resuscitated in our hearts so that we can once again turn to him and continue to pray the rosary during this month of October, the month of the rosary. More when we come back from the break. All right, well, welcome back to Bergen Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Blue Sandoval Show, where here we are. Welcome back to the clinic where we talk about physical health, emotional health, and of course, our spiritual health. Part of our spiritual health today uh, includes talking about healing and physical health. We're talking about the miracles of St. Padre Pio. I always find it interesting as a physician um, when we talk about miracles of healing, because in a way we can say, gosh, you know, it feels almost like a miracle that we have medications, that we can study the body, that we can look at how it's working, not working. Uh, if there's any pathophysiology, as we say, uh, where all of a sudden there's something like a cancer or something incurable. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, we think we have the medication for it and we're going to make it better. But then, you know, something defies our logic, our, our scientific logic. And out of nowhere, the person's better without even having to need medication anymore or anything along those lines. That's always so fascinating to me. I love those stories when I hear those miracles that happen at different Marian apparitions at Fatima, at Lourdes, you know, and here in the month of October, as we pray the rosary in the month of the rosary, um, we want to look for those miracles. And so we're reading uh, Padre Pio's miracles for a little bit of inspiration, for a little bit of a thought on maybe these can happen in our lives too. You know, God's going to work through us the way he worked through Padre Pio. Here's another interesting miracle, a medical miracle. A woman said, my first daughter who was born in 1953 was resuscitated, with, I'm sorry, was rescued by Padre Pio when she was 18 months old. On the morning of January 6, 1955, my husband and I were in church attending the Holy Mass and our daughter was at home with her grandfather. There was an accident. She fell into a tub of boiling hot water. She was burned on her stomach and back. The doctor came in an hour <clears throat> in an hour and he said, 
take your daughter to a hospital immediately because she could die from her wounds. And this is true. You know, when people have burn wounds, we don't realize we kind of take it for granted. Um, the skin, our skin is an organ. It's actually the biggest organ of our bodies. We think of the heart, we think of the lung, but actually our skin is an organ and our skin is actively protecting us uh, from the environment, from germs, from viruses. We don't appreciate it and we don't realize it, but this is why we say take care of your skin. It's a, it's a huge source of protection, right? Because it's our outer barrier. Um, and when it gets burned, all of a sudden we don't have that protection. So this is the problem with burn wounds. We worry about infections. We worry about people, uh, people's immune system being very compromised. Well, let's see what happened to this young lady. Um, for this reason, he did not give us any medicine because remember he said, take this doctor said, take her to the hospital immediately. Um, after the doctor left, I started to pray to father for father Padre Pio's help. It was nearly noon as I was getting myself ready to go to the hospital. My daughter who was alone in the bedroom called me, mommy, I don't have a wound anymore. Who has taken your wound? <clears throat> I asked her out of curiosity. She answered, Padre Pio has come. He took my wounds by putting his whole hand on my burn. Actually, there was no sign of burn on my daughter's body, even though the doctor had told me my daughter was going to die. Again, you know, when it comes to miracles, when it comes to God and listening to these miracles, we got to remember that God is bringing us out from death. It's all about life and death and the miracles, whether it was Jesus performing the miracles and healing people's hands and their eyes and their hearing and curing the lepers and the lame could walk again. Um, you know, it was all about life and death. We got to remember that the first thing that Jesus would say was your, your sins are forgiven. You know, that, that was the bigger miracle. The bigger miracle was the fact that we could, that God allows us to have a conversion of heart to return to him, to forgive our sins and to be ready for everlasting life. We see that spiritually, but sometimes we need to see the physical in order to uh, have the spiritual follow, right? Uh, grace builds on nature. So we look at the natural world that we can touch and hopefully through that grace, we can build and realize I need to amend my spiritual life as well. All right, here's another good miracle. The peasants of San Giovanni Rotondo fondly remember the following event. In spring, the almond trees were blossoming and they were promising a good harvest. But unfortunately, millions of voracious caterpillars arrived and devoured the leaves and flowers. They did not spare even the shell. After two days of trying to stop that infestation, the peasants, for whom the almonds were the only economic resource, decided to speak to Father Pio about the problem. Father Pio took, looked at the trees from the window of the convent and decided to bless them. He put on the sacred vestments and started to pray. When he finished praying, he took the holy water and made the sign of the cross in the air in the direction of the trees. The next day, the caterpillars had disappeared, but the almond trees looked like sticks. It was a disaster. The harvest had been lost. What happened next is incredible. So here we are again. A moment of death, right? So Padre Pio's praying. They ask for something, and it looks like death, right? So all of a sudden, these, the almond trees are there. There's too many caterpillars. They're already kill, killing the almond trees. They go. They ask Padre Pio for his intercession. Padre Pio says a few prayers. And the way God is working through Padre Pio is God makes it so that everything falls off the trees. And you're like, wait a minute. That's not... No, we wanted an abundance of fruit. And it looks like death now. It is a disaster. Well, let's see what happens. What happened next is incredible. We had the most abundant harvest, a harvest like we had never seen before. But how is it possible that trees without flowers could produce fruit? How was it possible to have fruit from trees that look like sticks? 
Scientists have never been able to give any reason for this phenomenon. Again, there's a lot of points to be taken from this miracle. It's an interesting miracle. Um, and the reason I like it is because one, again, it talks about scientists, right? And it talks about, let's observe the world. Is it observable? Is it uh, repeatable? You know, is this scientific? But sometimes we're going to have reason. We're not going to have any reason for what we see. And we've got to remember what I'm seeing right now are the rules, the scientific rules that God is letting me see that God is letting me understand. But the, you know, God is not bound by the rules that he's showing me. God can do whatever he wants. Um, it's the same way that we say we're bound by the sacraments, but God is not. God can perform any miracle he wants. He can do anything he wants. And in this case, when we pray to God, one of the most interesting things is sometimes we pray and we think our prayers are leading us in an opposite direction. It's like we're praying for something, but it seems like God is is taking me on the wrong path. Like, God, I'm, I'm asking you for this, but you're taking me down the path of death. I'm asking you for, you know, a better job and I just got fired. You know, I'm, I was asking you for, you know, hopefully having a nicer house and we just lost the house. Well, I don't understand. Well, this is where the faith in God comes in. We start to see things as though we're going down the path, the path of death. You know, the trees, we want, we need the harvest. We need more almonds, but all of a sudden everything falls off the trees. There's no leaves, there's no flowers, there's nothing. And yet out of nothing, there's an abundant harvest, more than they could have expected. You know, what does Jesus tell us? He says, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, um, it remains a single grain, but if it dies, it gives an abundant harvest. And in the same way we see that, we see that's the way God works. We got to remember that, especially in our darkest hour, we feel like, you know, nothing is good. God puts us in the direction of an abundant harvest. I love that. I love that. You know, and I especially love it when not only is there healing a body and people, but when we see that God really does uh, take into account nature and what's around us. You know, let's look at this next one because Adam and Eve started off in the garden and one of God's first directives was tend to the garden. You know, this is how our relationship works. I need you to tend to the garden. Um, and that's, that's the way God works. We've got to remember that God speaks to us through nature. God knows that we need food. We know he knows that nature. He provided nature so that we could get, live off the land uh, and get that fruit. But let's look at this miracle. This is interesting. In the garden of the convent, there were trees, cypresses, some fruit and some pine. Especially on summer afternoons, Padre Pio used to stay in the shade together with his friends and guests in order to have a little relief from the hot weather. Once when Padre Pio was speaking with some people, a large number of birds suddenly started to chirp and make noise from the shade of the trees. The birds had composed a symphony. Padre Pio became annoyed with the symphony, so looking at the birds, he said, keep silent, at which point the birds, the crickets, um, fell silent. The people who were in the garden were greatly astonished. In fact, Padre Pio had spoken to the birds like St. Francis. Again, this is, you know, we can say, well, gosh, Padre Pio was kind of mean, or maybe he had a short temper or something, and he got annoyed with the symphony they were singing, and he told him to keep silent. But this is the, what I take from this miracle is that when he told them to keep silent, they obeyed. Nature obeyed God. This is where, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, do we worship the earth? Do we worry about uh, things like the, Papa Ma, the, the Pachamama statues? Do we worry about, do we worship Mother Earth and do, you know, what's going on? We got to remember that we can, we need to respect the earth because God gave it to us. God gave us the land to live off of, but nature will always obey God. We need to worship God. We need to, we need to take care of the land because as a sign of, like if somebody gives me a gift, obviously I'm going to take care of it. 
but am I going to start worshiping the gift? Is that gift going to become more important than my friend? I would hope not. I hope it's just a representation. I hope it's just a tool that reminds me of who I'm with and who gave me that gift and who my friend is. In the same way, nature has to take us back to God, uh, not the other way around. We can't worship nature as though nature is our God. We have to go back and realize nature obeys God, not the other way around. Here's another good miracle. A gentleman said, my mother came from Foggia and was one of Father Potter Pio's uh, first spiritual daughters. She had asked him to convert and protect my father. In April 1945, my father was condemned to be executed by firing squad. He was in front of the platoon when he suddenly saw Padre Pio, Padre Pio appear in front of him and protect him. The commander of the platoon gave the order to fire, but no shots were fired from the rifles that were pointed at him. The seven members of the platoon and their commander, astonished, checked the rifles, but they didn't find any problem. So the platoon again pointed their rifles at my father and the commander ordered the, the soldiers to shoot again. But for a second time, the rifles did not work. The mysterious and inexplicable, inexplicable occurrence stopped his execution. Afterwards, my father was pardoned due to having been awarded a medal during the war. Moreover, he was disabled in action during the war. After my father returned home, he converted to Catholicism, receiving the sacraments at San Giovanni Rotondo, where he had gone to thank Padre Pio. In this way, my mother obtained the miracles she had always asked from Padre Pio, her husband's conversion. So interesting because I'm talking about how, you know, nature obeys God. And we can say, well, sure, Dr. Sandoval, nature is the plants, the sky, the rain, the sun, the moon. You know, uh, if you were listening to our talk last week, you heard our talk on Fatima and how the sun danced and how nature, you know, God can do whatever he wants with nature. It's, it's his to rule. Um, he made it. It's kind of like if I build a little Lincoln log tower or something, I can, you know, take those blocks and change them and move them and, and have them hang and do different things with them and whatever it is I want. So that's important because we always say, well, okay, sure. You know, the natural world, God, I can't, I, I couldn't make a tree. I can't make a tree. I can plant a seed, but I can't make a tree. But in this particular case, I find this interesting because we forget that God's in charge of everything, every molecule. And not only is God in charge of nature, but God is in charge of all material um, because we use materials to build whatever we need to build. In this particular case, God is in charge of the rifles. The rifles didn't fire. God will decide if they fire or not. There was an execution squad. Right away, he's going to be killed. Who's, who can stop a bullet? In our minds, once a bullet's gone, it's gone. Once, once you point a rifle, that's bad news. But we see from this miracle that not only is God in charge of trees and flowers, but in charge of every material good we have and every material good we build. More miracles when we come back from the break. All right, well, pray, hope, and don't worry. The words of St. Padre Pio, who today we're talking about his miracles, uh, and hopefully they will inspire us to realize that there's miracles in our own lives. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for shows, uh, feel free to send me a message at my email at drsandovalvmpr at gmail.com. That's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Um, <clears throat> as we talk about Padre Pio, you know, we ask ourselves, well, Dr. Sandoval, you know, how do we know he wasn't a, a charlatan? How do we know that he wasn't somebody who, you know, was just uh, making stuff up or he had friends in, in different places uh, uh, who knew about other people. How do we know that these miracles were really truly miracles and they're not just something that's made up or heck, how do we know it wasn't the work of the devil? 
You know, this is one thing that the church always is cautious of. So, you know, the church can deny the devil all they want. Um, you know, and many times, and they say, you know, we don't want to talk about him. I don't say the church, you know, different, shall we say different priests, bishops, prelates, uh, people, people of the congregation, anybody can say, oh, there's really no devil. But all of a sudden we start to see miracles happen and guess what happens? You know, all of a sudden we say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That could be the work of the devil. (laughs) And all of a sudden the devil becomes very real. Um, and we have to make sure that it's not, uh, something dark that's happening. It is something, um, positive. Well, you know, how do we know that it is coming from God? One, it's an act of faith, but in Padre Pio's uh, particular case, we got to look at the signs. We got to look at what was going on. He was a priest. Did he ever speak against uh, the Eucharist? Did he ever speak against the Rosary? Did he ever, you know, speak against anything along those lines? No. In fact, one of the big signs that Padre Pio had was his stigmata. So he actually ended up getting the stigmata, which uh, is sharing really and getting um, is is uh, um, sharing the wounds of Christ. Uh, from his suffering. So in Padre Pio's particular condition, uh, he bore them for 50 years and he wore, he bore the wounds of Christ on his hands, his feet, and his side. Um, and it, interesting because, you know, he's bleeding from his hands, he's bleeding from his he, feet, bleeding from his side. Uh, and they were examined, you know, they went, he went to the doctor a bunch of times and different doctors and none of them could explain it because the wounds, uh, they never healed. The blood was always clean. There was no infection. I can tell you as a physician, if somebody has a wound uh, that's open for a long time, the first thing we're going to worry about is bacteria and infections, right? So that's the number enemy number one to the human body is any kind of microorganism that's going to get us sick. Uh, so, you know, if, if somebody has an open wound and I see that it's bleeding, the first thing I'm going to say is, hey, we got to wash that out. We got to clean it out. Let's get some saline. Let's get out anything, any debris out of there. Let's make sure it's not infected. Uh, let's, if it is infected, maybe it needs a little bit of a cream and then maybe some gauze pad and maybe you might need to take some antibiotics. Let's get rid of that bacteria. But we got to get that to close up. That's key number one. From a medical perspective is we got to close that wound. Um, you know, sometimes you have to leave it open if it, if it does have uh, bacteria in there, get it out. But you got to get it to the point where the skin's going to close because somebody's going to get really, really sick if they just keep having open wounds. On Padre Pio's uh, particular case, he did not have those wounds closed. They just remained open and they kept bleeding and there was never an infection. Now, that's not to say that he had a, a particular blood condition or something that allowed his body to do this. Uh, there's stories that uh, he had undergone surgery a couple times for hernia repair and to remove a cyst from his neck. Um, and those cuts had, he had to be cut open and they had to treat those wounds like any other wound and those cuts healed. You know, it's like with people could say, well, maybe he had a skin condition where, you know, he just, if he got a wound, it would just stay open. Nope. The other, the other cuts, the other things for different procedures, they healed and they healed nicely for him. And, um, one of the things, and they examined his blood and, and they saw that his blood was totally normal. It wasn't like the blood that was coming from those wounds wasn't different from any other blood, any other person's blood or any other blood from different parts of his body. Um, but the interesting thing about that they mentioned about his blood that was coming from the wounds was that it had a fragrant, fragrant aroma that it smelled, that it smelled nicely, like a perfume, like a cologne, that it had the fragrance of sanctity is what I would say that it had from the, from the, uh, from the wounds, from this blood, from the stigmata. Um, you know, you hear about different saints 
who could uh, who could uh, sometimes they said that they could I believe Saint Catherine of Siena who said that if anybody came by her and they were in mortal sin she she could smell a stench and she said it was the worst stench possible. Well, there's the odor of sanctity here coming from the stigmata. Why wouldn't there be the odor of sin, um, which it probably smells just awful, as they were saying. But those are the signs that we see. You know, the other thing is that when Padre Pio uh, was, uh, his wounds, it would bleed most when he was doing the consecration or doing masses or during particular feast days of the church. So that's important to consider. Um, and then the other thing is that Padre Pio was also attacked. You know, he was he was a great confessor. He would confess just like uh, uh, the curadars, the patron saint of priests, who always had a line of people uh, around the church to, so that they could so that he could hear their confessions. Padre Pio had the same thing because, as we said before, you know, he could see people's sins. He knew their condition. He knew their state of life, and people would wait for a long time. Uh, for him to go to confession to him. If this was the work of the devil, I, I assure you the devil would not be wanting to pardon anybody's sins. It would be quite the opposite. He wouldn't be sitting there um, for confessions. You know, one time there's a story of Padre Pio having kicked a woman out of the confessional uh, and, you know, said that just didn't even forgive her sins, kicked her out of the confessional. Um, and the, the was asked of him later, why, why did he do that? Why did he kick her out of the confessional? Well, he said that he was just so upset because he saw that that woman had aborted what would have been the greatest pope in the world, um, which goes to go back to show what we've been talking about. That which we do, that which we do uh, as Catholics, our actions are going to affect each other. And every step I take, every time I think, you know, gosh, you know, abortion, maybe it's a private sin. Nobody knew I was pregnant. I'm going to go to the clinic by myself, and then it's gone, and no, nobody knows about it. Um, it's quiet. It's, it's in. It's in the private. But the reality is that's not true. When we sin, there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be uh, repercussions for each other. And this is why we need to make those reparations. This month of October being the month of Our Lady of the Rosary, being the month of the Rosary. Um, and we can start to look at, you know, October 13th, uh, the feast day of uh, remembrance of Fatima. We can start to consider, do we start making those reparations by maybe making those first Saturday uh, devotions that Our Lady of Fatima asked us to do uh, so that we can find these miracles in our own lives. Um, another thing, another sign of Padre Pio was that he was attacked by the devil all the time. So we know that he used to say whenever he was being attacked, he wanted his weapon and he said, give me my weapon. And you know what that weapon was? It was the rosary. That's what he wanted. He said, if he's going to be fighting the devil, he wanted the rosary. That was weapon number one. Uh, there's no way of getting around that month of the rosary. Here we are in October. Uh, good time to start praying that rosary. Good time to start thinking of that as our weapon, not just to fight the demons, but to get closer to God and to have those miracles happen in our lives as we live a life of grace. You know, Padre Pio, his uh, his confreres used to say that they could hear a lot of commotion uh, in his bedroom at night sometimes as he was being dragged across the room and he was having these physical battles with the demon. And the next morning he would wake up and he would have bruises about him, but he would never say a word and he would just go about his day um, and just continue doing what God wanted him to do. So I think a lot of times we forget that and, and we suffer in silence. And the reality is these miracles that happen, sometimes God's going to make miracle miracles in our lives that are silent, that are just for us, that are quiet miracles that only we're going to appreciate because that's, I think, the kind of relationship God's going to want to have with us. So we can get scared and worry about, gosh, if I get holier, I think the devil's going to attack me more. Perhaps 
We can worry about, gosh, nobody's going to be around when the devil's attacking me. No, God's always going to be there. We can pray to our guardian angel. Heck, pray to Padre Pio and ask him for his intercession. Ask him to send his guardian angel. He was known to do that a lot, to send his guardian angel to people for help. But the reality is, as we do this, we're also going to have that quiet time with God where, more importantly than anything else, he's going to work miracles in our lives. All right, let's read a few more healing miracles from Padre Pio. I always like these healing miracles. Here's one. In 1919, in San Giovanni Rotondo, a 14-year-old boy experienced a miraculous healing. When he was only four years old, he had caught typhus. Typhus caused the boy's back to become deformed. Once he confessed himself to Padre Pio, the priest touched him with his hands. When the boy stood up, the deformity in his back had disappeared. There you go. The work of God through each other, right? We can be as holy. Can we be as holy as Padre Pio? If that's where God wants us. But we have to be open to allowing God to work in our lives. Here's another one. Also in 1919, a gentleman came to Padre Pio. The gentleman was 62 years old and was walking um, with not one, but two canes. So now at this point, it's both of his legs that are off. So now he's got two canes. He suffered a terrible fall from a carriage, a fall that broke both of his legs. With doctors unable to help him, he relied on those two canes for support. One day, after confessing himself to Padre Pio, the friar told him, Stand up and go away. You have to throw away these canes. The man carried out the order and began to walk by himself. Sounds like Jesus, right? When the, when the cripples were there, when they brought somebody down, they said, and he told the man, Get up, walk, you know, take your, take your bed with you get up and, and, and move. Um, you know, we can say, wow, we can look at this and say, wow, Padre Pio was like Jesus. No, what we got to look at this is and say, wow, Jesus is still working and making miracles through us, through the saints. As we try to become more saintly, Jesus is going to work through us and allow us to do that. Padre Pio allowed Jesus to work through him. Here's another good miracle. There was a gentleman whose left knee was swollen and in great pain for many days. The doctor told him the situation was very dire and prescribed to him a lengthy series of injections. Prior to beginning the treatment, the man went to confession to Padre Pio. He asked Padre Pio to pray for him. The man recounted, when I was leaving San Giovanni Rotondo, that afternoon the pain disappeared. I observed my knee and noted it was not swollen anymore. Both my legs were now normal, so my, I immediately ran to Padre Pio in order to thank him. He said, you do not have to thank me but you have to thank God. Again, that's the humility. I think it would be very easy to get a big head and say, look at what I can do. But Padre Pio knew, nope, it's not me. It's God working through me. It's not me at all. And it's an interesting concept to, to consider because we're so used to, well, yes, I move my hand. Well, the reality is that we really think about that. It's God allowing me to move my hand. It's God working through me to move my hand. Now, if somebody gets healed, that's God's loving presence, God allowing that to happen. Interesting thing to note in these miracles, though, notice that just like with Christ, remember we said when Christ healed somebody, as we saw him do it in the Gospels, he would say, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. And then he would heal them. Or as he's healing them, he probably saw in their hearts when they proclaimed him to be the Son of God. As they're confessing that, they had to have looked in their hearts and looked at what their sins were and to say, you know, I realize I'm, if I'm coming before the Son of God, I got to come with a humble heart and I got to realize who I am and that I am nothing, but that he is everything. And if he wants, he can heal me. Notice that God would, Jesus would say, your sins are forgiven you, or somebody had to have a humble heart. These miracles with Padre Pio, the same thing. We see a lot of these miracles when, after somebody went to confession, we have to free ourselves of sin. We have to get rid of sin in our lives 
so that in, in order for God to work in our lives and for those miracles to happen. And I think that we can pray the rosary every day. We're in October, the month of the rosary. We start praying the rosary. We start asking Our Lady to help us understand what our sins are so that we can get them better. We start asking Our Lady for graces. We're going to start to remove sin from our lives and open ourselves up so that we can get everyday miracles that are no longer miracles, but just a normal relationship with God. How cool would that be? Let God work in our lives through the rosary. Thank you for being here at the clinic on the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Until next time, until next week, as always, keep it Catholic.